0: If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Colossians chapter 3. We're going to be in one verse this morning, verse 20, and we're going to be talking specifically to kids, though I think all of us would say we're kids at heart, right? So kids, this is for you. If you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, we do have extra Bibles available on a table here on the side and in the back. You're welcome to take those and keep those and own them for yourself. We'll buy more. We want everybody to have the Word of God in their hands. You know, they say if you really want to get things done, there's three ways to get that done. One, you could do it yourself. Two, you could hire somebody to do it for you. Or three, you could tell your kids not to do it. That's a way to get things done, right? Because all of us as kids, and even as adults a lot of times, and I hear a lot of amens out of some adults up here. Hey there's just something in us because we're born with this desire to rebel that when somebody tells us to do something, we're like, no, (laughs) you know, we just, we kind of want to be our own person. We want to be our own God. We want to be our own King. And so even as kids, when we were growing up, even as babies, we were talking about it in Sunday school, how even as babies, we've learned how to manipulate, how to get our own way. And a lot of times as kids, when we hear our parents say something, and we may think, that's the worst idea. Why does my room need to be clean? That's the worst idea. That's going to take time. And yet, uh, we don't want to do those things. It's just kind of something that's in us. But uh, uh, kids and adults, do you want to hear something about a way that you can please the Lord? Do you want to please the Lord? Okay, if you want to please the Lord, I'm going to share with you a way that the Lord says, this causes me to be pleased. I don't know about you, but when I have an almighty God that... Could easily smoosh me or send a hurricane right over my house or whatever he wants to do. I'd rather be on the side of wanting to please him than be on the side of, of irritating him. That's just where I think I should go. So let me show here in, in Colossians chapter three, verse 20, it says this. Children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. What's one thing that pleases the Lord? Obeying your parents. God had intended as he created that there would be a family, there'd be a mom, there'd be a dad, there'd be kids, and that those kids would obey their parents. Not that they're just following a list of rules, but the parents' job is to raise the kids, to be directed towards Jesus, directed towards God, towards his grace, towards his salvation. So that's the parents' job. And kids, a way to please him is to be directed, to go in that way. There was a mom one day, she went into her son's room and said, son, you got to get up and go to church. And the son said, oh, mom, do I have to go to church? He said, yeah, you've got to get up. You've got to go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. And she said, son, I'll give you two reasons why you have to go to church. One, you're 59 years old. And two, you're the pastor. you got to go to church. And it was his opportunity to obey. And I know that you may not believe this, that even Pastor Jason had a hard time. Obeying his parents once in a while. I remember when I was little, um, I know some of you aren't going to like this little hobby I had, but I loved to hunt snakes. I loved to hunt snakes. And we didn't have any of the vicious, poisonous ones, like y'all, the crazy ones you all got here in North Carolina. This is crazy here. I don't go hunt snakes here. But in Seattle, we had little garner snakes. They, they, they wouldn't hurt you. So we lived in this house that if you crossed over this busy street and then you went through a small little park and then across some railroad tracks into an old lot... That was prime snake hunting real estate. And so I loved to go over there and hunt snakes and I'd put them into old coffee cans or whatever I could find. I'd bring them home and show my mom and she didn't care to see him, but she 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 loved that I was having a good time. Well, one day I went over to go hunt snakes and my kid brother, JJ, wanted to go with me now, at the time. He was only five years old and my mom said to me, OK, you can go snake hunting. You can take your five year old younger brother with you. But you're going across a busy street and through a park and across railroad tracks to this lot. If he needs to come home, you bring him home. I said, sure. So Jason and his kid brother, JJ, leave. We cross the street, through the park, across the railroad tracks, get to the lot. And we just start hunting snakes when JJ says, I want to go home. I'm like, oh, come on. He says, mom says you have to take me home. I said, I, am, I just started hunting snakes. This is my hobby. I'm not taking you home. You go home by yourself. And at that moment, Pastor Jason was being naughty. Okay, I didn't want to do what mom and dad told me to do. And I sent J.J. home Well, J.J., five years old, crosses the railroad tracks through a park all alone across the busy street, goes back to mom. Mom says, uh, where's Jason? He didn't bring you home? No. So guess what happened to Jason? That's right. The worst thing that could ever happen. I got put on snake restriction. She wouldn't let me go hunt snakes, and that's just the way we all. Are. I think we all can kind of go back in the past and remember things that we've done. I remember just this morning at Sunday school, I asked the class, "Hey, help me out. What are, what are some things that you did when you were younger when you got into trouble?" And you know what we all did? We can't remember anything. But the longer we sat there, all oh, things started to come, or things that weren't so bad. But you know what's interesting here? The Bible doesn't say only obey your parents with the things that are really, really important. This said, if you want to please the Lord, obey your parents in everything. Now, your parents shouldn't be asking you to do anything that's wrong. If they are, come talk to me. OK, but you, they're supposed to be telling you what the Lord wants you to do. They're there to help you. And so, kids, it's our opportunity to obey them in everything. When the Lord asks for them to ask you to do something, it's time to obey because you know what? They're not dummies. And you know what? They were kids just like you. And so they've had all this experience to come and to relate to you and to tell you in the way that you should go. Now I want to tell you another passage that's just like this over in Ephesians and expand this just a little bit more. In Ephesians, it says this about kids. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you And that you may live long in the land. And what's interesting about that is it's it's almost the same thing. And yet he adds a little bit there. He says, kids, obey your parents for this is right. That's what the Lord wants. But then he goes back and he quotes the Old Testament thousands of years earlier. And he says, in the commandments, you know the Ten Commandments, right? All those rules about not committing adultery, not coveting. And first of all, that. The Lord your God is one. And so no other gods before you, right? Those, that was, that was the list of rules. And number five was this one. Honor your father and mother. Well, it was important in that day because that was a community. All together, they were a community that were to be going towards God. And so God wanted there in the midst of that community for parents to give to their children good and right instruction that they would be growing in them in the word of God and showing them what was right, not so that they could follow with us the rules, but so that they could come and draw near to God, that they would know his character and know who he is. And So Paul quotes from the commandments and he says, the commandment says this, honor your father and mother. Part of the reason was this, because you know what, kids? Sooner or later, your moms and dads are going to grow up, but that means you're also going to grow up. And one day you're going to turn around. You're going to be like, wait a second. Now I have kids. And you're going to be the ones who are saying. Clean your room. Don't lie. Here's your manners. But a lot of the purpose is so that when you take your kids, kids. You're going to take them towards Jesus, too. What your parents are doing right now is they're teaching you to honor them. Isn't so that you can just. Do their rules. It's so that your eyes are on Jesus. But then later on, when you have kids, you'll be able to take them towards Jesus. Imagine it like this. If we were all on a bus together and the parents were driving. I know that's scary. Parents are driving a bus. Guess what? Eventually, the parents aren't going to be able to drive the bus anymore. Somebody else is going to have to drive that bus. Who's that going to be? You. And if you're not there watching and they're not teaching you how to drive, then when it comes time for you to help drive that bus towards the goal, You're not going to know how to do it. So when you're learning how to obey them, you're actually learning what you're going to need in the future. In the Proverbs, it says this concerning that. My son. Keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart. Always tie them around your neck. When you walk, they'll lead you. When you lie down, they'll watch over you. And when you wake, they will talk with you. I love that. Here in Proverbs 6, it says that you need to listen to your dad. You need to listen to your mom. You need to take him. It's almost like you bind them to yourself so you always have them with you because those are the things when it's hard and when it's, it's time to go and those sorts of things, those are the things that are going to help you through. I remember one other time with my dad when this kind of stood out and that was a simple thing, but I think it was a show me a life lesson. My dad was not only my dad, he was my basketball coach in high school. My older brother and I, we were on the basketball team. My older brother was the jock stud. He was the best on the team. He was the best in the league and and um, he was good. And so... In preparing for games, we had these. We would practice early in the morning. Our team got up and we had practice at 6 o'clock in the morning before school. And I remember this one day, we were doing this drill. It was called the fourth quarter drill. Because in a game, the hardest part in the game isn't the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It's in the fourth quarter when you're dead tired and your tongue's hanging out of your mouth and you want water, you want to rest, but that other team wants to win just as bad. So in the fourth quarter, you better be ready to concentrate. And to work hard, even when you're tired. So we would do this drill called the fourth quarter drill. And we were having a hard time, get it right. And so my dad, Coach Hudson, said, do it again. So We tried it again. It wasn't working. And so Coach Hudson said, do it again. Well, guess what? Brother Brent and Jason didn't think that was such a good idea. And in front of the rest of the team, To not only the coach, but to our dad, we said, this is ridiculous. This isn't going to work. Doing this fourth quarter drill, it's never working. We're not getting it in time. Nobody can make the shots. We're just not even uh, capable physically to get this done. We should not be doing this fourth quarter drill. And oh, my dad. Now, some of you have met him. He's a nice, gentle person who sits here. But, man, he was an army dude, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And he let us know who was in charge. He said, you're going to do the fourth quarter, Drew. You're going to do it because I'm the coach. And I could tell by his tone it was time for me to stop talking. But my brother didn't get the message. He kept going and my dad was so mad at him and fired up and they went at it. And who was going to win that argument? My dad. He's in charge. He's the coach. We're going to do the fourth quarter drill. And if you're not going to do the fourth quarter drill, you're not going to be a part of this team. You won't be in a fourth quarter. You will sit on the bench. And I don't care if you're my son. And so what do we do? The fourth quarter drill. And we did that drill until we got it right. Not because in that moment, my dad needed to enforce the fact that he was the coach, that he was our dad. He wasn't have to try to prove his authority. What he knew was this coach Hudson, my dad knew that we were at some point going to leave that practice and we were going to end up on Friday night in a game and we were going to be playing a rival, a tough team with tough players who also wanted to win. And we would get to a fourth quarter and there was no time in the midst of a game to come when we could turn to the ref and say, we don't want to play anymore. It's not working. There was never a time in the midst of a game we could say, just go ahead and change the score. Let's cheat a little bit. My dad knew if he did not drill us in the midst of practice, it was going to result later on when it came game time in failure. And so imagine growing up with your parents like this. They are teaching you right now. This is the fourth quarter drill, but it's a practice. They are teaching you how to live, what to do, what God says. And it's really easy for us to say, nope i'm not doing that it doesn't make any sense it's not going to work you know what because when we're younger we just don't know as much our parents have been through some stuff and they often have a lot more knowledge about jesus and his word and their goal is to teach us because there's going to be a day when you go down an aisle for school graduation you get that diploma and shortly thereafter you probably won't be living with your parents And it's game time. And if your parents haven't been teaching you all along the way. When it comes time to go. You'll lose. Life is going to be tough. That's what Solomon was saying. Listen to your mom and listen to your dad. Let them teach you in the ways of the Lord. Because when you're away from them, when you're in these situations, when there's temptation, when there's peer pressure, when there's things that are going on, when you want to go do your own thing and it's not right, those are the things when they're teaching you in the Lord that are going to hold you fast to what you need to be doing. It is good and it is wise to listen to your parents, especially if your last name is Hudson. You three right there. Listen to your mom and listen to your dad. But this is the good thing in it all. We could talk about rules. And I want to tell you, first off, when you go to that, when you go to that passage in Colossians. I wish I had a Sharpie marker and I could go to every Bible in this place and cross out the heading that's in there. You don't see it up on here, but in your headings in your Bible, it says this rules for Christian households. I don't like that. That's not actually in the original passage, so I could cross it out and feel OK about it because it, that's not actual scripture It was somebody who sat down and said, what's going on here? He's telling wives and husbands how to do their thing. He's telling children and, and, and parents how to do their thing. And they listed at the top rules for Christian household. Why do I not like that? Because this God did not intend for us as parents or children, wives and husbands just to live for rules. We are not put on this planet to just do rules. Can rules be good? Yes. Can laws be helpful? Yes. But we are not living for rules. We are living for relationship. When God put a rule in the Garden of Eden and said, do not eat of that tree, and they broke the rule, he didn't say, well, let me just give you a whole bunch of rules and see if you can figure it out. He said, no. Right now, this relationship is broken. You've sinned. You're going to die. And I hate the fact that our relationship's broken, so I'm going to make a way. And God, from that point, started out on a plan. And yeah, he brought rules like the Ten Commandments. And yeah, he gave laws in order to help steer us correctly. But you know what? A lot of times that did just made us realize that we couldn't follow all the rules. We didn't always obey our parents. We weren't always the great husband. We didn't always discipline well as parents. We're just not very good at rules. And so what ends up happening is we sit in this place of desperation and say, I just can't do it right. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't perfect. And God says, yeah, I know. But God, in seeking out relationship, this whole plan that he had, then sent Jesus Christ, his son, who, guess what? He did every rule right. It says that Jesus didn't ever sin. That, In fact, in Luke chapter um, 2 or 3, I can't remember which one, it says that he even obeyed his mom and dad to the full. He submitted to them but the best part is this in Philippians chapter two concerning Jesus's relationship with his own father says this and being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. As kids, I know we're like, I don't always feel like being obedient. And you know what? We don't often get it right. But thank goodness, Jesus came down as God. He took on flesh and he went. And it says Jesus was so obedient. He did everything just like he was supposed to in obeying the Father. That Jesus was obedient all the way to death on a cross. Because God knew that the only one who could obey to the full was Jesus. And so Jesus came in all of his obedience. In all of his sinlessness. And died not for his sin. He didn't know any sin. He died for your sin. And he died for my sin. Because we couldn't follow rules. We couldn't be in relationship to the full. And so Jesus died for us. The scripture says. As a result of what Jesus did on the cross. That he then takes that sacrifice. And he can wash you clean. By the blood of Christ. And forgive you of your sin. And what that ends up doing when you are made holy before God. Because Jesus obeyed his father to the full. You stand holy and guess what's restored? Not you being able to do all the rules. What was restored was the relationship. I'm thankful that my dad. And my mom after I disobeyed them. And I would go back to them and I would say, Mom, Dad, I'm, I'm so sorry. And they'd give me punishments, snake restrictions or swat on the behind or whatever I needed to correct. Yeah, they would do that. But you know what my parents said that I love the most? I forgive you. And that's the best part of relationship. Not when somebody says, oh, good, you got the rules right. But when somebody looks at you and you didn't get the rules right and they say, I forgive you. I love that God. He looks at us and we say, I'm so sorry. Would you forgive me? He says, I forgive you. I gave up my son to forgive you. And so that relationship is restored. You are made holy and he puts you into his family and into his kingdom and you will live for all of eternity with him. It's relationship. And so, kids, obey your parents. Not just because it's rules, but because in that you begin to see Jesus, see Jesus and see what he did for you. Because at the end of the day, somebody else has got to drive that bus and it's going to be you and you're going to be driving people towards Jesus. Today, you might be thinking, I'm an ornery fellow. I'm a lady who disobeys my parents. Maybe you're an older person. You've said, well, this is just for the kids. But as you've listened, you've recognized That You've had issues even with your parents. Maybe they didn't always get it right. You know, parents are faulty. Except this one, you didn't hear that, kids. You know what? We mess up too. And this is a good opportunity for even families, moms and dads and their kids to reconcile. So as you've been listening to all this and you've said, you know what, there's issues in my family. We need to take care of this. Maybe you need to talk with your mom and dad. Maybe you need to talk with your child. Spouses, maybe you need to talk together about how you're raising your kids. But this is that opportunity when we said we've heard the word of God, what pleases the Lord? Children, obey your parents, wives and husbands. Here's how you're to be. These aren't rules. These are opportunities in relationships to see God, to see his forgiveness and how he walks with us each and every day. So as we close today. Kids, if you want to make a commitment just to say, you know what, Lord, I love you. You're working in my heart. Would you help me to obey my mom and dad more? Maybe that's what you need to pray for today. You know what? We're just trying to help you. The reason that we uh, teach manners at our house isn't because mom and dad necessarily need it. You know, we teach in our house, boys, you're going to open the door for the women. So we get out of the car and they'll open it for mom and for Naomi. And then mom and Naomi will kiss them on the cheek while they go by. You know, saying thank you and the kids, brothers wipe it off and say gross. We don't install that just for a rule to teach manners. One day these boys are going to be dating girls and they're going to need to show respect to a precious child of God. And the girls teach them manners so that they would know how to be grateful. And not, not a princess all the time. So we we do manners, we do things like taking care of your body, kids. That's what parents are trying to do. They're trying to help you for whatever's coming in the future, that fourth quarter. So today, as we close, if you want to just say, Lord, help me to obey. Help me to obey you. Help me to obey my parents. Help me to grow in my faith, to trust Jesus more, and whatever that means in my family. Then do that today. If you also recognize that before God, your distant relationship, you don't know him. I want to give you the opportunity as well just to call out to him to save you. He wouldn't. He wants to. Maybe you find that you've strayed from him and you want to come and repent before him and just say, Dad, I'm sorry. And he would love nothing else than to hear you say that this morning. Let's close in prayer, Father. This morning, as we come to you, we're. Grateful that you would even call yourself father for us. We didn't deserve to have such a good dad. And yet through Jesus, you've made it possible that you've said, not only can we call you father, you have said that we can call you daddy. Abba, father. Because you love us. And so, first of all, Lord, I pray that you would help us as parents to know how to raise our kids, not to be a, a rule driven Uh, a robot, but rather one who seeks the good of relationship. First, their relationship with you. Help us to teach them, Lord, how to be in a relationship with you, what it is to have faith, what it is to know grace, what it is to live for you. And Then, Lord, help us to teach them how to be good members in in, uh, their family, uh, of their schools as citizens, Lord, as we teach them to obey. We're just so grateful that you have said that Um, on our own we can't do this but you have now promised that we can do this through your holy spirit and so lord we ask that by that holy spirit you would help us to follow you all the days we pray this in christ's name